Paris Musée presents Once Upon a Museum. Use podcasts about the museums of Paris. Oh, how beautiful Paris is with its river, the Seine, splitting the city in half. I would love to be able to go from the right bank to the left bank, just like that. Jumping above the Seine to go from one to the other. I have a better solution. We can use one of Paris's 37 bridges. Oh, good idea. Let's take mm, that one. Good choice. Yes, that's Alexander III Bridge. Did you know that it was built for the 1900 Universal Exhibition more than 120 years ago? What's a Universal Exhibition? It's a big international event during which multiple countries present at the same time and place their technological progress and their culture. Like the Eiffel Tower with its tip soaring in the Parisian sky that we can see if we turn around. Exactly. Universal exhibitions have left treasures around the city. The Eiffel Tower was built for the one in 1889. In 1900, More than 50 million visitors visited the exhibition over seven months. It was for this event that the Alexander III Bridge was built. Wow, that's a lot of people in the capital city. Building the bridge was first and foremost a practical idea. The 1900 World Exhibition was happening in both the left and right bank of the Seine. Then it's to help visitors see both sides of the fair that the bridge was built. It's stunning. And the bridge wasn't the only thing built. What else was there? A Ferris wheel? A spaceship? I'll show you. Let's cross the bridge first. Here we go. Wow! We're in front of a beautiful building that looks straight out of a fairy tale. With a big golden gate. Wow! It must be at least three stories tall. It is the official entrance gate. It is more than 10 meters tall. Isn't it majestic? It was made of wrought iron and then covered in gold leaf. Where are we? At the Petit Palais. If it's a palace, what queen, prince or maharaji lives here? None. In the 1900, Le Petit Palais was built to display works of art during the World's Fair. For visitors to discover them? Yes. And what could be better to show off the art than a magnificent palace such as this one? It's true that I have rarely seen a building so beautiful. Look, there's even a monumental porch, stone columns holding up a dome, and sculpture adorning it all. May we go in? Let's go. Oh, it looks like the fair's over. In 1901, the city of Paris took possession of the Petit Palais to make it the first fine arts museum of Paris. Now, it displays collections. Stamps? Or toy cars collections? No, it's more like collections of artworks, paintings or sculptures. Collections dating from Greek antiquity, the Middle Ages or even the 19th century. Oh, so you can collect works of art? Of course. At first, they were mostly collected by princes and emperors, but now everyone can start a collection. Like my uncle, who collects snow globes. (laughs) Or me, with ballpoint pens. People collect all sorts of things. 
At the Petit Palais, just as in many museums, a big part of the pieces were given by collectors who could be considered as art lovers. But why do they give away their collection? Do they not like them anymore? On the contrary, they love them so much that they want to share them with as many people as possible. And it's a perfect place to display them, that's for sure. That is exactly what the Dutweet brothers thought. Uh, what brothers? The Dutweet brothers. They were brothers that loved art and had a collection. During the 1900 Universal Exhibition, they found the Petit Palais so beautiful that they decided to entrust it with their 20,000 works of art so that everyone could admire them. Wow, how nice! It's true that I was also dazzled by this shining building, but I only have my ballpoint pen collection to give to the Petit Palais. What about the Dutwit brothers? What kind of art collection did they collect? Hundreds of objects from the Greek antiquity, the Middle Ages and the Renaissance, ancient paintings, engravings and drawings. The Dutweet brothers and their sister Eloise were heirs to rich textile manufacturers. Eugene and August loved art and traveled all over the world. They started their collection by traveling and buying artworks their whole life. All these collections have been brought together thanks to a more than 50-year-long effort by three people with a single goal, creating an establishment of public interest. That's what they wrote in their testament. So generous! And with their collection in the Petit Palais, they add even more beauty to this already stunning place. And on top of that, they enable all the citizens to discover art. It's both generous and educational. The Dutweet collection was 10 times bigger than the museum's original collection. The donation really helped establish the museum. But if it's mainly comprised of the Dutweet brothers' collection, why is the Petit Palais not called the Dutweet Museum? Well, it's because they aren't the only ones to have donated their collection to the museum. I can hear noise from over there. It's a man fidgeting around in a painting. Hello, sir. Ah, hello to both of you. I recognize him. That's Ambrose Vollard, another collector who gave painting to the Petit Palais. He was an art dealer and had the advantage of being very close to artists. He was a true talent scout back in the days. He's one of the first who noticed talents such as Cezanne, Gauguin, or even Pablo Picasso. Are you all right? Isn't it a little bit tight in that painting? Are you kidding? Look at where I am, surrounded by everything I love. Works of art, what more could I ask for? Plus, I feel a lot better here as a portrait than when I was live posing for my painter friends. He donated to the Petit Palais paintings, sculptures, drawings, books, potteries, and especially portraits of himself, painted by the most important 19th-century painters, Cézanne, Renoir, and Bonnard. Wow! In the studio, when an artist paints my portrait, I can't talk or move or anything. Still as an apple, as Cézanne would say, or even balancing on a stool. My friend Bonal was so scared I would fall asleep while posing that he put a small cat on my lap for me to stay awake. <laughs> so you can imagine I am a lot better here, framed 
at peace at the Petit Palais for eternity. Well, thank you, Mr. Volard, for having given this collection to the Petit Palais. It gives us the opportunity to discover beautiful art. Oh, look, Mr. Volard is still as an apple again. He's an artwork again. Did we dream all this? There's another important collector that was impressed by the beauty of this building during the Universal Exhibition. His name is Edward Tuck. He was a rich American banker. Along with his wife, Julia Stell, they decided to donate their collections. What did they collect? Bills? Paint tubes? Of course not. Look around the museum, you'll have your answer soon enough. I can see wood, inlay furniture, vases, armchairs, porcelain, a big tapestry. Hmm. Did Mr. Edward Tuck just collect pretty things? In a way, yes, but only 18th century objects. Oh, was it popular back in the 19th century to collect objects from the previous century? Like my father, who collects records and tapes. When they retired, he and his wife came from America to settle in Paris, the capital of art. And not only did he donate his object collection to the Petit Palais, but also its interiors. What do you mean? The walls? The wood floors? Well, he donated all the woodwork and everything you can see here. So they were very generous. Plus, it allows them to write their names in the French heritage history. That's the icing on the cake for an American in Paris. Oh, wow! There are so many different things here. Just like in art. Every era, every artist has its differences. Like in life. <gasps> now we must have been the ones traveling. Not in time, but in space. Look at where we are. It looks as if we're out of the Petit Palais. No, you're just in a special room. There are brightly painted panels covered in gold all around us. These are icons. Icons for what? They are paintings representing saints from the Christian Orthodox religion that spread into East Mediterranean countries. Present in churches and homes, they were and still are objects indicating a strong devotion. So then, why are these icons here? A man named Roger Cabal, fascinated by the beauty of these religious paintings, donated them to the museum. He traveled to Russia, Greece, in the Balkans, and in numerous Orthodox countries. And along his peregrinations, he created this collection that he donated to the museum in 1998. Oh, wow. There were so many people involved in creating a collection as rich as the one in the Petit Palais. It's always important to share one's knowledge or collections. That's true. Collectors have to be passionate, so it's always captivating. Thankfully, it's not over yet, and it still goes on to this day. Are there still people today like the Dutuis brothers, Mr. Volard, the Turks and Mr. Cabal? Yes. Louis-Antoine Prat, a collector, art aficionado, recently lent his drawings collection to the Petit Palais for an exhibition. Only famous artists, Poussin, David, Delacroix, Degas, Seurat. Any work of art in a vault is a crime. Is he the one who gave two of his drawings to the Petit Palais? 
Yes, a watercolor depicting Queen Victoria, then Queen of England, and a big sketch of the interior design of the Hotel de Ville de Paris. What do you have to do to become a collector? No people? Have money and time? Not only that, according to Louis-Antoine Pratt, you mostly need imagination and passion. That's true. And I want to start a new collection. You could maybe collect drawings or prints you find pretty or interesting. Just like Mr. Vallard. Exactly. Come on, let's get out of here and take another bridge. Let's start by a collection of memories of all the wonders we just saw. Once upon a museum at the Petit Palais. A Paris Musée podcast produced with Pauline Copen, Elsa Denac, with the voices of Juliette Aver, Matthew Luret, Tanya Matouk. Did you enjoy it? Discover the other museums through Once Upon a Museum. museum.